and this is the Age Group Multisport Podcast with me, Richard Conway. This is a platform for Age Group Multisport athletes to showcase their journeys. Welcome along to another episode of the Age Group Multisport Podcast. Hope you're all well. So, quick question. How long have you been doing triathlon? Me, personally, I've been doing multi-sport in general for about 12 years, I think, all in all. Where has the time gone? And that seems like quite a long time. How about if you knew somebody who'd been doing it for 36 years? That's right. That's exactly what I said. 36 years. Imagine the transformation you've seen over that period of time in a sport you've been doing for 36 years. Well, that's what we discussed today with our guest, Mick Skivington, who's been doing triathlon for 36 years. He started in 1987. That was his first one. So you can imagine we've got lots to get into in this podcast and... Um, yeah, it really was quite incredible to find somebody who's been doing it for that long and is still competitive. It really was fascinating to find out how Mick found out about triathlon and how he got started and what he's been doing all those years. We talk about the major changes that he's seen in that time and obviously what he's been up to recently. So that's all coming up. So after I'd spoke to Mick, I thought, well, when actually was the first triathlon? And apparently it took place in September in 1974 in San Diego, California. Uh, and it was a track club that had organised the event that involved running, cycling and swimming. Um, and then the first Ironman wasn't till four years later in 1978. So... A long history, actually, of triathlon, if you think about it. Nearly 50 years. be 50 years next year. Which, I guess, in sport, in terms, is it's a, still a relatively new sport. But uh, fascinating all the same. Finally found out where the European Multisport Championships are going to be held. So it'll be a nice holiday over in Portugal for the WBC athletes, um, Mrs C included, who've qualified. June, nonetheless, so that'll be... Yeah, be a good break, somewhere that we haven't been for a long, long time. Multi-sport events are included are the sprint and standard distance duathlons, cross duathlons, cross triathlons, middle distance triathlon, middle distance aquabike and the aquathlon. And then the European Triathlon Championships, sprint and standard distance have also been confirmed and they're going to be taking place in Vichy in France between the 21st and the 22nd of September. Um, so it's nice to have some clarity. People can start preparing and getting accommodation and travelling all sorted out. So that's good. And just on that, I haven't qualified for the duathlon and it doesn't probably look like I'm going to. Um, there's too many people in front of me uh, to get a roll down place even. So I was turning my mind to try and uh, qualify for the cross duathlon. But the qualifying races are like few and far between. I'd searched out and... Um, found a couple and the first one was escape to a fan sprint and standard distance duathlons which were going to take place last weekend uh, over in Wales and then at the beginning of the week age group news started putting posts on Instagram stating that the three home nation governing bodies for triathlon Wales, England and Scotland have agreed triathlon and multi-sport events organised by Tough Runner UK and Runner Fan will no longer receive event permits and this was supported by British Triathlon so that included the Escape to Fan Duathlon taking place on the 25th of November and it's no longer recognised as the Welsh Championship there was a failure of the event organisers to meet the terms and conditions and required to issue the permits that they need to run the race that didn't mean that the race wasn't going to go ahead, it just meant that they weren't sanctioned by those organisations. So it was all a bit of a mess and um, I was glad that I hadn't bothered signing up for that race, which left me without a race until I found there was one up 
at um, Sherwood Pines in Nottingham. Uh, so I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll have a look at that. But before I did, I thought I'd get in touch with the team manager, David Pearson, who's also uh, head of Age Group News, and uh, see if it was a race where we could race and qualify. Uh, unfortunately, it turns out that it didn't meet the criteria because they allowed cyclocross and gravel bikes on the route. So I think it must have been deemed not to be technical enough. So that left me with no races to go for. Um, so, yeah, all in all, not a very good outcome for me or the events company who's um, just gone bust and all those athletes that will probably never see the money that they've paid to take part in the event that they were going to put on. So, yeah, not great. So if anybody does know of any other races that are taking place that uh, potentially could qualify uh, for a cross duathlon, then just let me know. A couple of podcasts I've been listening to, and the first one was from Runform, hosted by well-renowned coaches Bobby McGee and Matt Pendola. And in this current episode, they were pretty much talking about the novice runner's playbook, tips, motivation and injury prevention. But I thought, hmm, might be some hints and tips even somebody who's been running for a while might pick up. And uh, these guys didn't disappoint. The things I picked up were how much consistency plays a role in running. And for us multi-sport athletes, the other sports and exercises that we do. And um, benefits of running in groups for motivation and support. Strategies for dealing with injuries, which is quite topical in my <laughs> my own instance. But yeah, really good podcast. Give it a listen. And uh, episode 33, that is. And the second one I'm going to recommend is that triathlon show. And he was talking about uh, off-season training. Episode 418. Basically discusses um, overall thoughts about off-season training and what kind of training besides easy aerobic training to do during the off-season. Yeah, goes quite in-depth in it and um, yeah, really worth a listen. Learned quite a lot there. So there's two podcasts for you to have a look at. And the last recommendation is, if you haven't seen it already, to watch the Super League face-to-face -face YouTube video with Georgia Taylor-Brown. Um, it was quite a hard one to watch, actually. It was very brave of her to come out and um, give the statement that she, she'd given and uh, what she'd been through over the last seven or eight years. So, yeah, give that one a listen. And just goes to show you can never truly know what people are going through. On the surface, it might be all great and um, positive, but uh, in the background... Yeah, you just you just never know. So yeah, give that one a listen. And that's about it for now. Um, it's time for the main event. Hope you enjoy Mick's story, and we'll see you on the other side. So um, welcome along to Amp. Thank you ever so much for um, getting in touch and wanting to share your story. I read your email. Fascinating read. There's lots to get into there. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having a chat yeah. and find out all about you. Yeah. So if you just want to. Um, Introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from. Yeah, my name's uh, Mick Skivington. I'm uh, 67 years old. Should have retired last year, but I still still work. But I just work reduced hours. Um, I live in Burton-on-Trent, Staffs, uh, which I've lived there all my life. And, yeah, I did, I did um, my first triathlon in 1987. And I'm still racing now and I still get the same buzz and excitement and anxiety and nerves. Get that now was like, you know, when I first started, it's weird, really. So and what did you do before triathlon growing up as a kid? I've, I've always done sport because my dad used to run the local judo club. So. Um, I've got a brother and two sisters. I'm the oldest. And as soon as we were seven, we was all allowed to um, start judo because that was the, that you know, that was the age that you could. 
So from the age of seven, like I did judo, which I did that up until I was about, I think, 15, 16, that sort of age group. Um, I and that I used to play uh, local football, just pub football, you know, Sunday league, sat, sat the afternoon and Sunday league football. Um, I've always ran anyway. I was I was reasonably good at well, I was quite good at running at school and I was in the athletics team. So I've always sort of been involved with running and that. And then uh, I did a bit of boxing for a few years, just uh, with some of my mates. I, I joined a running club quite a few years ago, South Derbyshire Road Runners, and I did all the, um, y- you know, from the local races, from the five k's, ten k's, off marathon, uh, up to marathon, like London Marathon. And then it was just after that that um, I got into triathlon. I think that seemed to be like the next next sort of step if you like you know and back then triathlon was just just taking off sort of thing just going back to your judo what belt did you get up to i I think that green i think not not particular high because one of the things what my dad um when you used to have your gradings to get your belt my dad's like always thought it was better to be a lower grading than a higher grading, you know, even though you, you was prob you probably you know got the knowledge to be a higher grade. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but my dad, my dad taught judo up until right into his eighties. Yeah, I saw and that in your email. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, what what is really fascinating? I mean, like the club was run com- completely by volunteers. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get they didn't make any money out of it. And I think it, it was like the membership was something like five pounds a year and fifty pence to go on the mat sort of thing. So it yeah, was yeah. like a non-profit. Yeah, yeah. Um you, you know, but it was just the fact that my dad, you, you know, he, uh, and he only packed up in the end because he'd got he, he well, he had dementia and yeah, yeah. And uh, my sister used to sort of help run it as well. And then uh, my dad had to pack up, but yeah. he obviously would have probably been still going longer. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Proper, proper grassroots sports, though. You know Absolutely, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it because he loved doing it, not because he yeah. wanted to make any money out of it. That's right. Yeah. 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 Fab. Absolutely brilliant. And I guess, you know, a sport like judo and like boxing as well that you mentioned, um, it gives you that discipline, doesn't it? Well, as, yeah, it does absolutely. But in the book, the, the funny thing is as well, it's about winning. Do you know what I mean? You, like yeah. you, 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 you have competitions, and you, and you, like you don't, you don't have a fight, a judo match or a, a boxing match for form. You, you know, you do it. To yeah, win yeah. so as well, it gives you that a, a, a sort of a different a sort of mentality, if you yeah, like. That's a good you, point, you know. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, you do. Yeah, you don't want to go in there and lose, do you? No, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Like you said, um, you started triathlon in 1987. I mean, yeah. that's that's 30 36 years ago. Yeah, something like that, yeah. That's incredible, yeah. but it must be incredible to, to see how far it's come. But what was it like back then, you know, when you... Uh, first of all, how on earth did you come across it? Because it it definitely wouldn't have been mainstream, would it? How I come across it, there was um, an article in our local paper about one of the locals who um, I didn't really know at the time. I knew who he was. But he was doing um, Nice uh, triathlon, and then uh, going back, going back to he did it in 1983, which <laughs> I didn't realise it was that long ago. But there was an article saying that uh, Paul Jersey was do, uh, doing Nice, and I think at the time Nice was something like a three or four four k swim about 120k bike and um i'm not sure about the run either 20 miles i don't think it was a full marathon and i remember reading it in the in the local burton mail 
And I was thinking, wow, that'd be brilliant to do something like that. But I mean, I've, I've never swam. I couldn't really swim. You know, I, I had a I had a, a bike, which I used, you know, it was just an old bike sort of thing, you know, so I'd never cycled or anything. And then um, I happened to mention where when I was working, I was I mentioned it to one of my friends at work, and he says, Oh, uh, one of his mates, he did triathlon, and he put me in touch with him. And uh uh, his name was Alan Sweet, and I'd never I'd, he'd got a race coming up at um, Otley, and it was a national championships. And he said, "If you want to come along with me, come along." So I went to uh, and watched the race and that, and um, and that was from there. That's how I got into it. What distance was that race then, Mick? I don't know. I think it was. It would have been round about Olympic distance, yeah. I think. But one thing what I did remember was it was the swim was in a river and they had to walk down to the start and they had to climb down ladders to get into the river. Really? At the time. <laughs> and I mean, like, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have that now. I became friends with Alan when Alan used to go swimming at the local swimming pool. I, I used to go with him, watch him swim. Then I'd, I'd like, try and mimic it. And I could I could manage like one length at a time, then I could manage two, and just built it up from that. Yeah. The technique swimming's always been my weakest discipline, but um, but yeah, that's how I got into it. And then I just used to go out with Alan training. Just got into it like that. He was doing the Rotherham Triathlon, and uh, that was the, my first one. I I didn't feel quite ready for it. It was at the end of the year. It was about October time. It was a pool swim. And um, I, I, my plan was for the following year to get in. And I thought, well, actually, I'll do this one at the end of the year. So in my head, I know I would know where I need to be, for you know, for when I started the following year. I finished, actually, there was 112... Still got the results. There was 123 people, and I finished 109th out of all that. And I, one thing what sticks in my mind, I had a Mars bar in my in my saddle pack on my bike, and halfway it was a 20 mile bike uh, bike course. And halfway round, I stopped and got off my bike and let my Mars bar because I thought <laughs> that would be like my energy, you, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so, and I got lost on the bike as well. I took a wrong turn. So, yeah, so I've come a long way, really, from the very first round. So well, how did it progress then after you'd done your first your first one the next year? Yeah, but I think it was just um, more of a, a fun thing, you, you know, than than anything. I mean, so that, w that would be 1987. It, it wasn't until 2000, 2006, so, I'd, so you know, that's quite a few years. So all that time in between, I'd just been, you know, rocking up and enjoying it. And then yeah. and then I did the Ripon Triathlon in, uh, in 2006 when I was 50, and I come second in that, in my age group. So yeah. that was really when it sort of... The, the turning point, if you like, where it went from sort of just rocking up, having a laugh, doing it for fun, uh, to sort of starting thinking about, you know, doing it a bit more serious, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And between, and between like, 87 when you first started to 2006, did you have any clubs or a coach or any training plans that well, you I've, used? I've, I've always been self-coached, but... Yeah. Um, on the second year, 1988, the second, my first full year of, they used to have um, British Triathlon had a Grand Prix series of of like standard distant races all around the around the country, and it was sponsored by Le Cop, you know the French. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so my very first standard distance try was at Swindon, and that was. Um, uh, in a lake, it was the Swindon try. It was a lake swim. I hadn't got a wetsuit, 
<laughs> and but in but then anyway, in in them that time there was no open water swim sessions or anything. So mm-hmm. you did all your training and all your swimming in the pool, and then you just rocked up on race day and dived in either the you know lake or the sea or whatever you you know. But um, we went, me and Alan, we was part of that race. We did quite a few of the races as as the series. And one of them was in Bedford. And so, again, it was like, like still back to 1988. And we went to to Bedford for the Bedford Triathlon and we camped overnight. And um, we met on the campsite next to us. There was a guy from Derby, which is like 10 miles up the road, a guy called John Gibb. And uh, we got chatting to him and he says, oh, yeah, I'm only, I only live up the road then from Derby. And he says, oh, there's um, there's a triathlon club in Derby. Yeah. And, um, and and he says, oh, you'll have to come over. So so pretty much, I'm not sure if it was that year, 1988 or the following year, but pretty much straight away, we both joined like Derby Triathlon Club. So, and I've, um, I've been a member, well, pretty much all the time. But at the now, I have a lifetime membership now with mm. them. Although I am yeah. in another club, local club, MVH Triathlon Club. But uh, yeah, so I've been with Derby Tri Club from uh, since 1988-89. It's quite yeah. a big club now as well. Yeah, the, the swim sessions actually—it's quite funny because it was at Derby Morway's swim centre. But the, but our our swim sessions was in the kids. It was a little. It was about I don't know, three foot pool training pool. What the kids used to, and that was that was the only pool what was available to us. So all <laughs> our all our swim training was done in this like little. But it was it was training, you, you know. So yeah, and like that was the start of sort of club structured training you, you know yeah and i'd imagine that sort of brought you on quite a lot then you gain so much knowledge don't you from people that been training and like people have different ideas and concepts and i guess over the years you've seen things change so much you say so 2006 going back to that what happened in that year well that was that was it was just sort of changed my my, my training and oh in the, yeah. first of all i'm I, going back to the um age group thing right back to the I first heard of um the gb age group because bearing in mind then there was no every time you had, you had to um get an entry form from somewhere you had to write off for an entry form there was no yeah. internet entries yeah. and that write off for an entry form and then fill it in send a stamp to dross on envelope off with it you know but what but but one good thing about it was at the at the end of the swim sessions at the club, somebody'd have a folder with all entry forms in for races. So everybody's there and people are going, Oh yeah, that looks good. That look and 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 so you'd you'd enter things as a group, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I, I think now unless a club targets specific races, you people tend to just go online and think oh yeah i'll do that and enter online and 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 to a certain extent you can end up doing events and not knowing what other people are, are doing sort of thing you know going back to 1992 so one of my friends at the time who i'd met through derby Tri club a guy called paul enyon he received a letter from British Triathlon saying that he qualified for the age group world championships that year, 1992, I think it was in Canada. So that was the first sort of, I I didn't even know they had age group racing or anything like that. And, uh, and Paul was a few years older than me. And I think at the time he qualified for the forties over forties and I was thinking, wow, that that really inspired me because, you know, he was just like a mate who I used to go training with. He was he was a he was a real good swimmer. But I can remember mm. when he first started running, and he was just like 
you know, just an ordinary runner sort of thing. And I, and I remember thinking when he got this letter saying that he qualified for the um, age group team, and I th that really inspired me as well, you know, because I thought, yeah, that's what I, I want to do. But yeah. it wasn't until, I think it was 2006 or that I did my first age group race. But back then, you didn't have to qualify. I can't right. remember how. I can't remember. I've, my first couple of races, my first um, GB race, I think it was 2006, was uh, in Almere for a uh, long course triathlon. But I can't remember. There was no qualifying races or anything like that. But I think you just applied. And I don't even know what the criteria was then. I think it might have just been, you know, as long as they've got a few people, off you went sort of thing. You know, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I was just going to say how your mate who'd done it back back in the day and he was the first one you'd heard of that had got a qualification how did it come about i think that he'd done he'd done one particular race and british triathlon must have used that race as a because we didn't we used to do a lot of the races together Mm -hmm. And you you didn't necessarily know anything about any qualification races. So and and um, I think it just come out the blue that it, you, you know because he'd had a good race, obviously he was up there. And because as well, the other thing was you didn't get results from races till about yeah. two weeks after in the post. <laughs> you but know, then as, it, as it happened. Uh, unfortunately, Paul. So Paul, he, he he qualified for it was in Canada that year. And um, he he was out training on his bike, and he got knocked off his bike and oh. killed while he was, oh, you know, no. trained. So so there was, you, you know, so there was the sad side to that sto that story. But but it was that what sort of inspired me, and it, like I say, it took it took a long time to yeah. um, get into it. You know, yeah, yeah, we forget about how things were because we just take them all for granted now, how things back then were so much more complicated to achieve, you know, like you've just said, you had to send off your form by post and, you know, it's just, yeah. you totally forget who uses post anymore. It's, it's like you said, it's all done online. You know, you go to the British wet dry website and it's all there, isn't it? In black yeah. and white. And it's, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's just until you, you speak to somebody who actually was there back in the day, it's like, yeah, I never thought of that. It's just, you just don't even think, do you? you no. know, it's like no. there'd have been no mobile phones, you know, some people wouldn't even have a telephone still. And you know, it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, it must have been really tough to um to get to get qualified. So fascinating, fascinating. But yeah, um, I mean that's sad about sad about your friend. And did you try in 2006? Was that the first time that you tried to qualify or like you said it, you didn't qualify and was that because it was a a longer distance did you have well, to come back to sprints i think i i'm not i know it was the 2006 where the, which was the turning point because of, of my result at um ripon i can't really recall why that was my first one i think I don't think it mattered that it was the uh, uh, long distance mm. because the following year as well, I did Rimini, which was standard duathlon. And again, I can recall that, that there was no qualification for that. Yeah. But, um, but then I think the first one, what I actually qualified for was um, uh, at Vancouver in 2008. And that all come about just by chance. Going back to 1994, um, there was half a dozen of us from Derby Tri. We did, um, there was a, 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 an iron distance race, uh, Chase Water in Staffordshire, and it was called The Longest Day, right? right. It was run by black country triathletes, and it was um, like Ironman distance. And... Um, so this is back in 1994, and there was six of us from the club, from Derby, who was thinking of doing it. And 
bearing in mind, again, Len, there was no sort of training plans on how to train for Ironman. And all it was, it was just a case of just like cramming in miles on the bike and running and just, just you know, doing as much as you can. And mm. I can remember on um, uh, about six weeks before we actually entered, before the, before the race, we, we decided we was going to, there was a, a Utoxeter, they used to have a, a half marathon there. So we all we all rocked up early. Did a, uh, all six of us did a fifty mile bike ride, and then did the half marathon, and that was going to be the decider of whether we could whether we thought we'd be able to do like the iron distance, mm. and, and we did. So we all signed up for it, and again, back in nineteen ninety four, that was like quite a big thing, and we actually had. Um, the Derby Telegraph, I don't know how they found out, but the Derby Telegraph um, wanted to like run an run a article on it. And they come down uh, to one of our training sessions at Derby, the swim session, and we had photos and interviews and that. And it was like a half-page half piece in the paper, you know, and it was, it was sort of like... Like, you know, are these guys crazy or what? Sort of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, because whereas, it would have been it would have been unheard of, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas now today, it's just another race, so to speak. I know it's a bit more than that, but because lots of people have done Iron Man, it's not thought of really anything special compared to what it was like then. You, you, yeah. you know, there's Iron Mans all over the world now, isn't there? And yeah. It's it's still quite a niche sport, let's be honest. But you know, it's nowhere near what you experienced. Um, I would suggest, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it just fascinates me to see the difference. You know, your experiences to now in everything really, yeah. um, to do with the sport. Yeah. So how did it go then? The the uh, the Iron Man. Um, it it was good. Yeah, we we enjoyed it, and it was my it was my first race. At that distance, I think I think I did eleven oh eight something like that, which I was really pleased with. But yeah. it was quite emotional, fun, funnily enough, more than anything. That's one thing what I remember. You know, when you finish, you think, "Wow, can't believe I've done it." You, you know, so. Yeah. But, they, but but that leads on to I did they then in the UK they had another in two thousand and seven. They had another iron distance race called the Big Woody. I did that one weekend. It was the race was on a Saturday, so I did the iron on the Saturday, and I'd, I'd booked the Monday off work as well, just as an extra recovery day. And I was online, and I was thinking, I was looking on the computer, saying, "I'm thinking, oh, I won't mind if see if there's any other races coming up." And anyway, I saw the following weekend. There was um, Northampton try, and there was a standard and the sprint, and the sprint was a qualifier, and and I thought, oh, I was on the nine ways to do it. Anyway, in the meantime, my brother, because my my younger brother, he was into triathlon as he was, and he was an age grouper as well, and he says he uh, wrong me and said, oh, he was doing Northampton try on Sunday, the standard with his mate. And I says, oh, I've just been looking at that. So I thought I'll enter the sprint because just on the back of an Ironman, a stand would be too. And anyway, it was a qualifier for Vancouver the following year in 2008. Well, I I don't know if I'd already entered, but we planned to do Ironman Switzerland for 2008. So I thought, well, I won't be able to go to Vancouver anyway because we planned to go for a couple of weeks. But anyway, I thought, well, I'll just I'll just register my intent anyway, just in case. So I did the I did the Northampton sprint and I won my age group. So I'd got a slot for uh, Vancouver the follow the following year. So I didn't know what to do because, like I say, we'd planned to have a two week. Uh, I was going to drive over to Zurich for the Ironman Switzerland Ironman Switzerland. And then we was just going to have like a bit of a like a, a, an extended break while we was over in Europe. But anyway, 
in the end, I decided just go for Ironman Switzerland and then I'll go over to Canada as well. We went to Vancouver, me and my wife. But anyway, the funny thing was, it was free. It was in June and uh, I've got a cousin over there. So I met up with my cousin and they were saying it was the coldest June they've had for 50 years. The swim was in the sea in Vancouver, but... Um, and it was a bit rough. It was it was freezing, to be honest to say. But for some reason, so I, now I'm I'm uh, 50, 54 age group, and for some reason, they started the our age group. The men 50, 54 was the first age group to start. I don't know why. The following day, when the standard was on, they cancelled the swim because it was too cold and too rough. But we managed to get our swim in. I'm not sure. I've got a feeling they might have some of the later age groups for the sprint. They might have cancelled that, you mm. know, because, because of, so. So this is my this is my first event. I think um, that I've qualified for. And bearing in mind that the, the men 50 are, are off first, the swim was reasonable. My bike, I felt like I'd had a good bike, and. Well, I was out on the run, and I, I passed one or two people, I can't remember, and then I'm on the run, and somebody shouts, somebody in the, um, one of the spectators shouts, shout, oh, well done, you uh, leading male. And I'm thinking, you know what, I couldn't, I couldn't weigh up what, and I think, <laughs> sure, I couldn't believe it. But, I, uh, but as, as it happened, I was. I got passed by one of my teammates. There was a sprint finish at the end, and I got I got passed right on the, on the well, about seven or eight, nine seconds. And I come third on, my, on, on that, and that was my first championship medal. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Once I realised I was in the lead on the run, and i just give it everything and I pre pretty much collapsed at the finish and I was in <laughs> I was in the medical thing for a medical tent for a while while I was trying to yeah, yeah, I think it was just exhaustion but I was in mm. there for about 20 minutes half an hour yeah. so that was my first um, you know world championship medal and it just felt oh. absolutely amazing you, you know yeah so, fabulous fabulous story yeah, I mean, you left everything out there by the sounds of it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after that, then after your first, your first taste of that, what what happened next? I think that raised everything a notch then, because you have, you start thinking, well, actually, you know, I can sort of do probably a little bit better than what I think I can. What two thousand and eight would be about fifty two, fifty three, something like that. These people think when you go up an age group. It gets a little bit easier, but it doesn't. In fact, <laughs> I, I, it just gets harder, really, uh, and and especially in the older age groups. Because although I'm still working, a lot of my competitors have retired and training like full time, full time pros. So, but anyways, my plan at the time was for when I turned to fifty five in the fifty five age group. That was I was really, really gonna go for it. And I had I just had a brilliant winter's training, two thousand the end of 2010, be, beginning of 2011. I just I, I was injury free all that time. I, I had um I follow I actually followed um a time tr trial training because I was doing a bit of time trialing anyway, but it I, I felt that it was really helped the triathlon you could you could probably be an average or round about an average time trialist but but if you related that to your triathlon you'd be a bit above average do you know what i mean so i, yeah. I enjoyed doing that so so that winter 2010 2000 and early 2011 i had a fantastic winter and 2011 it was just absolutely amazing. I had the best season I've ever had. My plan was on 2011, Clumber Park Standard Triathlon, which was national championships. And I come third in that. So that was like the start of it. 
I do a lot of mountain biking and um in April it was the um uh the world champs for the cross triathlon mountain bike triathlon and I actually won my age group in that so wow. so, so I was tough with that then that same year in June, it was uh, the Dan Buster Standard Triathlon. That was national championships. And I, I come third in that. So I got bronze in that. But that was also a qualifier for Beijing that year, later oh, yeah. on. So I'd come third anyway. So I got my qualifying slot for Beijing. Uh, in July that year, I did um, Cowman Middle Distance Triathlon. Uh, that was national champs, and I actually won that as well. Oh. <laughs> I got, and then uh, September when uh, I got went to Beijing, which was the uh, standard distance triathlon world championship, and I got a I come third in that, and I got a bronze. So I got five major, you know, major medals that year, which was. Yeah, yeah was amazing and then off the back of that the following year because i'd had a good year and because i'd been world champion they have um the local uh, east staff sports association they have like um awards for people that have rep been at uh, regional and above representation and they actually won the um East Staff Sports Personality of the Year Award. <laughs> Fabulous. Absolutely amazing. But what one, one, one point, what, which, which is, uh, I, I think is quite interesting. When I won my, when I won the World Championship, uh, my age group World Championship for the uh, mountain bike triathlon, for the cross triathlon, right, it was a sprint finish, and I and I won by about four or five seconds. Mm -hmm. It was literally that close, but and I beat I beat a Spanish guy. Looking through the results on every discipline, on the swim, bike, and run, the Spanish guy was faster than me on every discipline, and only by a few seconds. But I'd had both my transitions was absolutely spot on. And mm. I took, although I only beat him by about four or five seconds, I, I took 46, 47 seconds better than him in transition. So, yeah, yeah. so he was faster than me on all disciplines. You know, I'd actually won it on on super fast transitions. So. Yeah, well, to say, to say that the transition's the fourth discipline, don't they, so... But I've never really, I've never really practiced transitions. I know they say you should. I have yeah. done a few sessions, but um, I, I, I always find <clears throat> I've done all the training to have your bike, have your shoes on your bike, and it's never really worked for me. So, so I, you know, even though I practice doing it, um, having my sh shoes clipped on, I, f I find that. For me personally, I'm better off just putting my shoes on in transition rather than mm. faffing about trying to get them on. But of course, every time like you do an open water swim, when you fin, you, you know, in training, like I, I'll, I'll always sort of take my wetsuit off quick, which I suppose in a way is a bit like, you know, transition training. But I've, I've never really bothered and and set out to do specific transition training you know yeah even though it is, it is important yeah 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 well your win shows that doesn't it how much time you can save yeah. over over your opponents even if they beat you in every every other discipline so how did it roll on from there to now then 2014 I had a problem with my knee I, I had a medial meniscus slight tear just go back to 2009 mm. I got made redundant the, the finishers there and then but because they they have to give you 30 days consultation they said we're finishing you now but we're going to pay you full pay for the next six weeks which is your 30 day and then come back in six weeks and you're made redundant so I had like six weeks of like training if you like I, yeah, I yeah. didn't necessarily do more but I, I think the difference was I was more rested yeah. so that when I did my hard sessions 
they, they were real good sessions. Do you know what I mean? Because I was yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it? And I thought I wouldn't mind retiring early and and training like full time because I, you know, I, I and so that was always at the back of my mind. So then coming back to two thousand and fourteen. I had this little niggle with my knee. And the thing was, if I, if I just went to work and I, did, I come home, I didn't do sport or anything, it wouldn't have been a problem. And I, wouldn't have done, I would have just let it go sort of thing. But if I did a run, I, I, I'd be all right running. Then it would be aching for a couple of days. So in the end, I thought, I'm going to get it done because I, want to, I, I did want to carry on doing sport. And... Anyway, it took nearly a year to get it. I think it was um, March, April time when I first had it. And, and we went right through till after Christmas, going through the different pro but processes with it. And with the doctors who were, were, everything took ages and ages. But the annoying thing was, was the first session I went to the physio when, um, going back in March, April time, when it first come, the physio told me what it was. And 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 she she said, we'll, we'll give it like um, so many weeks because it can heal. But if not, then you'll need, you'll probably need to have it done. And she actually wrote a letter to my doctor saying all what she'd done and what I've got. But the, the I still had to go through the process. So that mm. took nearly... A, a year so towards the end of the year no the beginning of january i find oh i had a couple of consultant uh appointments cancelled and then finally i saw the consultant i think uh january the following year and he says oh yeah he said it's only just a slight tear he says we can do an arthroscopy he says uh we're in and out you'll be out you you you'll be out of hospital the same day and he says you'll need three weeks off work, and, and there'll be no training for three weeks, no work for three weeks, then back to normal. So yeah, so so I'm pleased with that. And yeah. I says, so when you know when will you be able to do it? Because he was the doctor, what the physio had recommended to do it. So mm. I was pleased about that. And he says, oh, it could be anything up to six months. And he couldn't guarantee that he would do it. Well, I'd, so I'd been out nearly a year with it anyway, and I'm thinking I don't want to wait another six months. And I and I says, well, what if I went private on it? And he says, well, I might be able to do it next week for you. <laughs> so that's what I did. It cost me a lot of money, so I went private and I had it done the following week. So, but. Where I work now, I just work for a little family uh, agricultural uh, engineering. I just make, uh, I do all the, make all the steel uh, framework for the barns and, you know, the barn yes. shed. So I said to my boss, you know, I can have my knee, my knee done like straight away. Am I all right for having three weeks off? And he said, yeah, no problem. So anyway, so I had it done and, um, like I say, um, in and out, I was only at the hospital a few hours and that, and you base, I, I was quite surprised that you walk out and that, you know, and he just said, take it easy for like three weeks. And then I had to go back a, a week or two weeks later. But anyway, in the meantime, all my knee had flared up, swelled up and everything, all, all my calf was swollen. And when I went back on for my post-op, um, he was like, says, oh, that's more oh, of a problem there. And basically, it had all got infected, my knee had. Mm. So they had to keep me in hospital and drain all my knee out. So they had to go in it again inside to clean it all up. And they kept me in for, for nearly a week in hospital. Wow. Um, but I could feel that it was getting better. He, he, you know, each sort of day sort of thing. And then they let me out at, uh, at the end of the week. And then over the weekend, let me out of hospital on the Friday. Over the weekend, it all flared up again. So I had to go back in again on the Monday. I rung them up and uh, rung the, because that was all done, originally done private. 
and I rung uh, his secretary up and said, you know, it's it's all swollen up again. So so I had to go back down again on the Monday, and they had to go in my knee again to clean it up. It was still infected. So so basically, they'd gone in my knee like three times in three weeks. And it ended up then, I was on, because I'd had all that trauma on my knee, and um, I, I was off work for three months. I was on crutches. I had three months of just laying on the sofa, like, feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, yeah. I thought if I did, and I just used to lay on the sofa watching films. I put loads of weight on, and it, it felt like... <clears throat> you know, depressing to a certain extent, you, you know. And I thought if I'd had re, if I'd packed up work to, you know, to, to train full time, it, it would be awful, you know. Mm. But from that, from that was that was like end of Jan, beginning of February, it took a, a whole year, it wasn't until Christmas that I was okay to 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 start running again to start training again you know yeah yeah, yeah. So that changed all my concept then about i wasn't so bothered about um retiring early so that's why i'm quite happy now like i say i still work now but i finish i finish like at three o'clock in the, so i've got loads of time for i finish at dinner time friday so yeah. i get all my training done and working as well pay for all the all the expense <laughs> <laughs> well this is it isn't it it's not cheap it isn't Age cheap group racing so yeah it isn't cheap so what have you done you know you you got back into it after your your traumatic uh injury there and um what have you done since i've been doing a lot i've still been doing my triathlons i've been doing um yeah, doing a lot more other things. I started doing, do you know, rat race there, some of their events like, yeah. But, um, like I did a few, few of them events with my, with my son, like the dirty weekend, which was a 20 mile obstacle thing. Of course, I, I did the rat race coast to coast, uh, an adventure challenge with, with, with my son. And then just before COVID, I got into paddleboarding. There's a company do paddleboard triathlon. I think I did three of them last year. But the yeah. beauty of it is, uh, what's really good about it, there's two there's two sets of distances. But then, whatever distance you do on the bike, you have a when you enter, you have a choice of doing mountain bike course or road bike course. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. it's like ideal for you you know so so I, I sort of got into that as well but it this year it didn't really i planned to do a couple this year but it didn't it didn't fit in so yeah. uh, last year I, I went to um bilbao for the um the cross triathlon and the cross duathlon yeah which is based just outside bilbao on the coast but yeah. Bermeo or something uh, I, I I come third in the cross triathlon, so I got a bronze medal in that. Yeah. So I was pleased about that. Yeah, well done. And um, I was in Ibiza at the beginning of the year for the, again for the for the um, cross triathlon and duathlon. Mm-hmm. But it, the um, but my goal for that was top ten, top ten and top three Brit which I just scraped in on the duathlon, but on the triathlon, I, I come six in that and top Brit, which I would I was really pleased about because yeah. it's it was one of the most stacked field what I've ever raced in. All the all the top guys was for the triathlon. So so uh, yeah, it was so, quite a difficult course as well, was it? I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was good. Yeah, I mean, that's a great story. Just one question. So what's the biggest change you've seen over all these years from when you first started to now? What's the biggest difference? Technology, really. But yeah. especially on on like wetsuits and bikes. Back then, it was just like a thick neoprene wetsuit, like sleeveless. A lady called Biddy Ford, who 
she was involved with British Triathlon, like with the management side, I think. And she had a company called Terrapin Wetsuit. Everything was in like fluorescent colours. All the tri clubs were about. I used to have fluorescent colours for the tri kit and that. And all the wetsuit, the panels were different colours and that, you know. But it was just a, a sleeveless wetsuit and that was, that was it, you, you know. But it did the job. But the main thing was with bikes, it was just road bikes, basically. My first bike was just a cheap rally road bike. I had a Ribble then, like which was a decent bike at the time, and just like put tri bars on, and that was it. You, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, then can you remember them big curve tri bars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They sort of appeared on the scene. And oh, and the other thing was, you you had to wear a helmet, but all all that was available was them like hairnet helmets. You remember yeah. what the what the old track cycling, and then they had these big massive polystyrene things come out. What you could get like a a cover in your club colours to put over it, and that <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whereas now, like the bikes, what you see now is just you know com completely. Well, it's a different world, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Um. They're just a different level, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. The price of them as well, and oh, the kit yeah. that's on them, and everything's carbon, and yeah, it's just a completely different. But like you say, the whole the whole thing is the world's just evolved so much, hasn't it? When you think about back then and how how much we've all moved forward, it's just incredible. And just another quick question: What's your favourite distance then? And I do like the seventy point three, and then I would say after that, standard. Um, standard cross try you know mountain bike yeah. try well my last two races I, I raced i raced two weeks ago i did the uh, national duathlon championship at uh, standard at uh, grafton oh yeah uh, I, I come third in that so i got well done. In that, which i was quite pleased about and then two weeks before that i was out in uh with derby tri club there was a load of us out in um uh mallorca for challenge pagera and right. uh, I, I won my age group in that. So, <laughs> so like my last two races, I've, I've in two races in like the last four weeks, and I've been on the podium. So, yeah, yeah. So, so now I'm looking for for the challenge. Do that uh, champion. They have their own championship in Samorin in 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 May. So I'm just in the process of looking at that. Then my winter training will be geared for that 70.3 in May, and then that'll pretty much set me up all throughout the year. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'll still train, but having a good 70.3 winter training will, you know, really set me up for fingers crossed, touch wood, that you don't yeah. get injured. That's the... <laughs> well, that's, that's the key, isn't it? That's the key to everything. Key, Staying yeah. fit, you know, trying yeah. to stay fit and, and getting yeah. to the start line fit. Uh, yeah. Easier said than done. Cool. Well, thank you ever so much for sharing. Have you got anything else to add? Because then we can go straight into the quick fire questions that I always ask at the end. No, I think that's pretty much, yeah, pretty much covered every a, a, a long journey in a short time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's been fascinating from my my end just to listen. Um, so, what's your favourite bit of kit? Um, my favourite bit of kit, I would say. My mountain bike, probably closely followed by my paddleboard. Right, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't think we've had a paddleboard on on before. Actually, is a favorite bit of kit. How's your training changed then? From like when you obviously not probably when you first first started, but how's it changed over the years? What have you What have you done differently or improved? Um, I do all my swim training on my own because I can go to the gym when I finish work and. I swim at the gym and the pool's empty. And they, they have a club session uh, with my MVH tricycle, but that's quarter to seven on a Saturday morning. And because I'm up at work quarter to six every morning, I, I like to have a lion on a Saturday. So, so I, I do, sometimes I'll just go, probably not very often, but I'll just go and just have a swim 
but mostly I'll, I'll try and do a structured um follow a structured plan so there's that on the on the swimming uh biking i've had a power meter now for a while so i do a lot of stuff you know specific with that running probably just the same really i don't do much different with my running because i do part run most most saturdays so that's a good good workout anyway I, we, like in the winter we go to the track with the tri club so that covers that and then i don't if i if i go too long if i go like on my run then i'll have problems with my knees so yeah, so yeah. i don't normally go sort of much more than 10 mile anyway yeah. so but yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's more structured my training but but i've always yeah. been self coached anyway so i think sometimes i i probably overdo it but then i think because you've been training that long and i mean i've you, you know i train I, I train six days a week anyway mm. and i think when you've been training that long anyway your body sort of gets used to it to a certain extent and i, yeah. I appreciate you still need your rest and that but then but then like if i've got a training session planned for that night and i come from work and i think oh i really don't feel like it then i I won't, you know, I won't train, you know, yeah. because I've done it in the past and you and you think this is a waste of time because you're just going through the motion and then you're prolonging, you, you know, till you're ready to go do a proper session again, you, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all about listening to your body, isn't it? That yeah. comes with yeah. age and experience, doesn't it? But I've always, the thing is, I've always enjoyed competing and racing. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah. so I think that's one thing with being self-coach. Like, you know, I, I did follow an Ironman training program one year because I did Roth with my brother and we followed a 20-week a program. And basically you you want you didn't do no no racing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas now, like I want to do part run on a Saturday and I want to go out on like we'll do park run and mountain biking this weekend, you, you know, and I want to do, and I want to do races and that, you, you know, and I think sometimes because I enjoy racing, I don't want to be focused on one event and miss out on everything else. Cause I just yeah. love doing other things, you know? Yeah. 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 No, that's, you've got to do what you enjoy as well at the end of the day. Haven't you? Otherwise what's the point? I've been injury free pretty much this year. And, and then I think, well, I'm, I've done a, you know, done a lot of races this year while I can sort of yeah. thing. And then yeah, because yeah. I've been in good shape, because, you know, I've not missed any time out for in. So, so then I think, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'll probably, I, I think I did at the beginning of the year, I, I think I did about four races in four weeks and that's far too much. But then I think, well, you know, my fitness was there and my head was there. So, mm. So yeah, and then and then the other thing, but with the age, you think, well, you you know, you don't know how long you can anything can happen. Any, I know that that's with anybody, but you know, so think enjoy it while you can. You totally understand and totally agree. So, what uh, hints and tips have you got for people listening? Just get out there and do it. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy yeah. it while you can, and and don't be afraid to ask for advice. I think one one. I wouldn't say the worst thing, but you you start speaking to a triathlete about triathlon and the world's your oyster sort of thing because triathletes love talking about triathlon, don't they? Yeah, so, you yeah. know, don't be afraid to ask questions and, you know, but but I think the, the, the main thing is if, you, if you're thinking about it, give it a go. It doesn't matter how sort of – a lot of people, it's like in anything – in a race situation, people think, oh, I'm going to be last. And I don't, but it don't matter. Somebody's going to come last, you know, and people aren't bothered about, you know, who who's sort of behind them and that. So, so just get out there, give it a go and enjoy it. And don't be afraid to ask, ask other people about, you know, training and stuff like that. Yeah. And finally, um, what are your short and your long-term goals? I think I would say long term is pretty simple. Just carry on while I can. 
like like I just said, I, you know, you don't know what's around the corner. So while I'm while I'm still can do it and enjoy doing it, that so that's that's um, that's my long term goal. I've got um, short term, short short term. I've, I've got um, Afan uh, escape to Afan, a mountain bike duathlon in a few weeks. Okay, but um, next next year, my, my main my main goals are I'm a lot of mentioned earlier i'm doing the um, challenge championship in uh, slovakia i'm planning on do, uh, australia for the um, cross duathlon and cross triathlon but mm-hmm. we we just my son lives in australia so we've been out there this year so we was going next year anyway to australia we 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 had originally planned to go we went in february we was going to go early february but when i saw that Townsville was on in yeah, yeah. August. So yeah. um my son lives in Adelaide. So what we what we're planning at the moment, and it's only sort of planning stages, but it's looking likely is to go to my son lives in Adelaide, which is still a four-hour flight away. <laughs> so to go to uh Adelaide in August and then spend a week with my son then I was going to fly up to Townsville for a week to do the cross try and cross duathlon and then back to Adelaide for the final week with my son and my wife and that so and then also Malaga I've qualified for Malaga for the standard try so I'm just looking at uh at that at the moment but I'm I'm trying to sort three trips out and it's yeah. like yeah, you, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's a bit of a nightmare. Just so yeah, it's a, so nice, it's a nice nightmare to have, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and an expensive one. That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. trouble, really, with the. But it's what it's what I enjoy doing, and that's it. and that's what you spend your money on, and it? it's what you do. That, that's right, yeah, yeah. So, cool. well, yeah. good luck with it all. Fantastic, fantastic to meet you and hear your story. It's been really fascinating to listen to you. Yeah, and thanks very much for reaching out again and uh, and sharing. Yeah. All right, take Bye. care. Cheers, take care. Bye. There you go. 36 years and still going strong. Still got the taste for it. Still racing abroad and planning for next year. Incredible. And it just goes to show how easy we have it these days with the internet and everything at our fingertips. Not like back in the day when you used to have to get a stamp and an envelope and fill a form in and then send it off. Just one of the many examples of how we've got it so much easier these days and how popular and how far the sport's come in general. So hope you enjoyed Mick's journey. And that's about it for this episode. Thank you once again for taking your time out and giving us a listen. And if you could just spare the time to get over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review and a rating, we would really appreciate that. Or if you listen on Spotify, you can leave us a rating on their platform also and even ask questions, I believe, after every episode. So, yeah, always open to answering questions. If you would like to get in touch, just drop us an email at agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at amp underscore 1967. We're on Facebook at ampgb. We're on X at agegroupmultisportpodcast. And we are now on YouTube at AmpGB. Thanks once again. And don't forget, stay safe, keep training and love the process.